Balpert and the Tijuana Brass. I'm Carson Sestouli, and this is Fangraphs Audio. Day two of the winter meetings in Dallas, Texas, brings some exciting news for Fangraphs as a site. While we've received no official word, it does appear as though in, a, in addition to David Lorla receiving a renewal of his BBWAA membership, that our managing editor, uh, Dave Cameron, has also received recognition by the BBWAA, giving Fangraphs as a site uh, also accreditation by same association. A lot of my conversation today with Dave Cameron concerns what membership in the BBWAA might mean for a site like Fangraphs. The attentive listener might have also learned today that Rob Nyer's application on behalf of SB Nation was not approved by the BBWAA. I asked Cameron about that situation and we also consider how it might represent a microcosm of concerns on the part of the Baseball Writers Association about the legitimacy of this or that electronic media outlet. Turning our attention to the other activities of the winter meetings, Cameron informs us that the signing of Aaron Harang by the Los Angeles Dodgers is probably the most exciting thing to have happened Monday. We consider briefly and depressingly what that Dodgers team might look like on the field. We also discuss the latest reports both on C.J. Wilson and Albert Pujols, their reported connections to the Nationals and Marlins, respectively, and how seriously we might take those rumors. My semi-live conversation with Dave Cameron, right now on Fangraphs Audio. Actually, the only way I know about it is through Twitter, um, and we'll that, discuss. That's actually the only way I know about it as well. Okay, so so we don't necessarily have official word. And so no one has come up to me and said, "Congratulations, you're in." Uh, people that I know in the meeting, and obviously what was reported on Twitter, has said that in the meeting that we were approved uh, for our application, uh, which is what we were hopeful for. Um, and so, you know, I will expect official word confirming what I've heard, but no one has come up to me and said. Uh, Congratulations, you're definitely in. Right, okay. And so it should be mentioned, first of all, with regard to the Baseball Writers Association of America, David Lorla, who writes for us now and um, yep. has been doing great interviews uh, yep. for us for a while, is a, is a member or has been a member up till now. Yeah, yeah. He got in with Baseball Perspectives last year uh, under their umbrella. But the way the system works is the credential actually goes with the company, not with the writer. So if you change companies and you go to a company that doesn't already have a credential, you have to reapply. Uh, if you do switch from, you know, ESPN to Yahoo or something, it's, it's kind of a formality because both companies are already in. But since we didn't have uh, acceptance from the BBWA, we had to reapply on his behalf. Okay, right. Um, and so now, but now we believe we're not, we're not positive, and it's very possible that by the time uh, this podcast goes live that we will know. Um, but, but we believe that uh, your application to the BBWAA has been accepted. Uh, yeah, from what I understand, uh, both David Lorella and myself have been accepted into the organization. Okay, well that's cool, and we'll we'll work as though that's the case. But we'll we'll also make it clear um, that we don't know officially. Um, now, right. hypothetically, if Fangraphs has been accepted, if you and, and Fangraphs have been accepted into um, the the association. What what does that mean exactly? I I I know I know that like the it 
but it means you can go to Major League Baseball games um, as part of your job. Yes, it means that you are one step closer to voting for Colby Lewis for Cy Young in perpetuity. Uh, we're not there yet, but we're, we're a step closer. Um, essentially, so from David's perspective, this isn't going to change his job much at all since he already had a credential. He's still going to be able to provide all the great content he's been providing, and uh, Fangraphs readers won't have to expect any kind of change in, in content that he's provided since joining the site, which is great. Um, from my perspective, I think one of the things we would like to do more of is the like the article that Ryan Campbell did on Brandon McCarthy, uh, where we kind of talked to McCarthy, worked through his pitch repertoire, his pitch types, and how he changed his mechanics and how he overhauled the entire way he pitched. And we kind of combined that with pitcher text data into what I thought was a, a really interesting and fascinating post um, and got, you know, both sides of the story. We'd like to do more of that. And so, you know, with, a, with access to uh, players and coaches, hopefully we'll be able to ramp up our efforts to provide total coverage rather than just outsider coverage. With regard to award voting when does that happen how does how, how is that um, privilege granted uh, so you know they're postseason awards so they happen after the after the season so next winter uh, I'll get assigned to a chapter uh, David literal I'm assuming we'll get assigned to the Boston chapter because he lives in Cambridge um, and so then out of that chapter uh, they rotate through chapter members to vote on the various awards um, so each each major league city has its own chapter. Um, I will most likely put be put in either the Atlanta or D.C. chapters because those are the ones that are closest to my house. Um, and then you know, the president of that chapter will decide, okay, of our pool of writers, these are the ones we're voting on awards this year. And uh, so, you know, David might end up voting for the NL Cy Young next year and then not voting for anything for three years. And I might not end up voting for anything for a couple of years. Or I might get an MVP ballot next year. We just you know, we'll find out next winter. Um, okay. Now, uh, thirdly, are we allowed to vote for a computer? Can we just vote uh, for a computer, or can we vote for a spreadsheet for MVP? Oh, I think I'm planning on putting Carmine at the top of my ballot every year. <laughs> um, for those who don't know, it's a, a little bit of an inside joke on uh, Carmine is the name of the Red Sox uh, uh, statistical software that is um, quite infamous. Uh, yeah, I, I think I will not be doing that to try and uh, shake off as much of the stigma that goes with writing for an internet baseball uh, statistical website as possible. I might actually go for you and me. Will you learn or be taught uh, any secret handshakes? Uh, well, so if I'm going to answer that question, then the, there wouldn't be a secret handshake anymore, right? So then yeah. it would be like a publicly discussed handshake, and, and that would kind of nullify the point. Oh, yeah, that would, yeah. Are there any other benefits to membership? I mean, I'm sure there are, but considering that I have not experienced membership previously, it's hard to speak to what they may be. Uh, I would imagine if you ask me in a year, I might be able to be like, hey, here are these cool perks that I didn't know. Uh, I guess I'm part of a union now for the first time ever. That's that's different. Okay, well, more importantly, how does this affect me? Um, yeah, I guess we're going to have to discern whether or not uh, we want to let you continue to work for a site that's been... <laughs> uh, offered credibility from the BBWAA, I mean, you will drag us down. So uh, this might affect your employment, but we might want to talk about that off the podcast. Yeah, that might be more suitable for that. It's the uh, public flogging. I mean, we'll keep it uh, private flogging. Well, that's exciting. That's exciting stuff. And uh, I guess I would assume, you know, more on this to come and exactly um, 
not not just news about it, but also how it might manifest itself in our ability to report and interact with players. Yeah, I mean, I would hope that this is a positive step for Fangraphs, and readers will see a material difference in some of the coverage we're able to offer next year. Now, uh, a question: the way, the reason the way I learned about this news on Twitter came from Rob Nyer's Twitter feed, and in the same breath that he was congratulating Fangraphs for having been accepted. Uh, to the Baseball Writers Association, he was noting that he, uh, um, largely due to the switch from ESPN to SB Nation, where he's now the baseball editor, uh, that he would not be in for the next year. Now, I assume that it's not in our best interests, and it's probably not even something that you'd care to do to criticize an organization that just extended to you the benefits of membership. And I'm not saying that that's even your first inclination. What is the sort of process here, and what is the sort of reasoning that might support the Nair uh, perhaps essentially being exempted for a year from, from the organization? Well, so one quick clarification. He's not really being kicked out. So uh, the BBWAA has an at-large waiver that he's going to have to apply for that is essentially going to allow him to keep his ESPN membership for another year. Um, so for the upcoming year, Rob's still going to have a credential. It's just as if he had gotten in, he probably won't be a member of a chapter. Um, there might be some small restrictions based on um, you know, the fact that he's an at-large member, but he's still going to be in. He's still going to have a credential. Uh, it's not going to functionally change his access. Um, it, what it does mean is that they're going to have to reapply next year. And so uh, what people probably don't know is we actually went through this application process last year and were denied. Uh, so this was our second bite at the apple and my guess is that uh, next winter, Rob and the SB Nation crew will be able to maybe answer some of the concerns that were raised this morning about their newness and uh, their need for membership. And uh, I think, you know, being able to respond to the reasons we were given for not being inducted last year um, helped us uh, get in this year. I mean, I was able to kind of say, hey, here are the reasons you told us last year that we couldn't get in, and here's our responses to them, and here's why we think that we um, should be allowed in, and apparently it worked. So I think next year, my guess is that Rob and the SB Nation guys will get credential access to the BWA, and in general, it won't make a big functional difference since he's going to be in this year anyway. No, but th- this speaks more largely to the sort of growing pains of baseball coverage from print to uh, electronic media, I suppose, though, right? Because it's it's unclear as to, like, at this point, what is a legitimate publication? And I think that especially because a lot of this print media, um, a lot of their uh, content is occurring online anyway. So I, I assume it has something to do with this sort of blurring of lines between what, what legitimacy is. Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely something that BBWA is clearly struggling with, is trying to define who needs a credential and who doesn't. There's a, you know, there's a Pandora's box issue that they're certainly trying to avoid where they don't want to just have to say, well, we left this Internet guy in, so we have to let every Internet guy in. I think that that's a road that they rightfully don't want to travel down, and so they're being very careful about um, which which filter they're applying in which years um, and trying to be as um, conservative as possible, most likely. I mean, you could argue that maybe they're being a little too conservative, but uh, they're going at the pace that they feel is right to not get them in a situation where they have set a precedent they didn't want to set. And so, you know, I think it's definitely something they're struggling with is who's a legitimate uh, baseball writer in, in this day and age of changing journalism. Right. Okay. Uh, now, one game that uh, Nair did propose yesterday was that you tell us 
who's walking by or who you see. Are you uh, are you stationed? Where are you stationed right now at the Hotel Anatoly in Dallas? I'm uh, outside the baseball writer's workers' room, so it's not like uh, I'm not standing in the lobby, so I can't tell you, you know, like uh, I can't see Peter Newman's uh, legendary white shoes from here. Oh, the legendary. legendary. Wait, uh, after Labor Day, though, that's a little bit gauche, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's Peter Gammon, so he can do whatever he wants, but he's uh, well-known for wearing, uh, you know, uh, higher-end clothes and then, like, tennis shoes, essentially, because he wants to be comfortable and you're on your feet all day, and so he has chosen logic over fashion and said, I'm going to walk around for 15 hours a day. I'm wearing tennis shoes. All right. Well, we, have, we haven't spoken for 24 hours. What's, what's happened sort of uh, at, uh, uh, you know, on the front lines there at, at the winter meetings. Well, uh, the big news of the day was Aaron Harang signed yesterday. We should tell you how interesting Aaron Her- or, uh, the first day of the winter meetings were. Uh, I think the it was, a, it was a slow, slow first day. There wasn't a lot going on. Uh, we're hopeful that there will be more exciting things in the days to come. But if Aaron Harang is the biggest thing that happens at the winter meetings, we're all going to be very sad that we came to Dallas. Uh, Aaron Harang got what a two-year, twelve million dollars. Is that right? Yeah, he uh, went to Petco and posted a low ERA, and now he's cashing in. Uh, hopefully, he sends most of the royalties of his money back to San Diego. That's unlikely to happen. It is unlikely, but it would be fair. Right, it would be fair. What? Um, now, I saw a bit of a kerfuffle on the internet yesterday about a, an alleged six-year offer by the Nationals to C.J. Wilson. But then Mike Rizzo, a GM Mike Rizzo of the Washington Nationals, immediately announced that that wasn't the case. It, it, were you party to any of that happening? I was, I mean, I was not in the room when the offer was not made, so I can't say that I was party to it, but I will say that I've talked with a few people in the game, and they also vehemently deny that that happened. But from what I understand, the Nationals, uh, are, their interest in premium free agents is overblown. And, and so who, how does that happen though? Uh, if, if, uh, if it's reported that their interest in, in high-end free agents is because uh, a couple of reporters maybe think that they're in a position to spend and then therefore conclude that they're players uh, just because of, uh, you know, by virtue of that? I wouldn't say that it would definitely be the writers. I mean, the writers aren't going to just make stuff up. Uh, I don't think. I mean, I can't say for sure, but I, I think that most of the people here are beyond making things up. Um, but I, I will say that teams will necessarily point the finger at other teams. And so if you're talking to, uh, you know, say a member of the Phillies organization, uh, and the, the Phillies uh, beat writer is asking the Phillies guy, hey, who do you think is going to sign C.J. Wilson? He might look at it and say, oh, yeah, the Nationals, the Angels, the Marlins, and he'll name five or six teams, and then all of a sudden you can say an NL source believes the Nationals are going to sign uh, C.J. Wilson. And, you know, that guy might not have any actual knowledge of the Nationals' plans. He might be a competitor or, um, you know, just speculating from his own internal beliefs. And uh, it doesn't make him wrong necessarily, but uh, it also doesn't mean that it's definitely going to happen or that every report is accurate. The, uh, I was uh, looking yesterday at the Oliver projections. That's uh, Brian, Cartwright, uh, Brian Cartwright over at Hardball Times. So I get the Oliver projections for the Dodgers. And... Uh, not looking good, it turns out. Uh, Matt Kemp, I believe, is the only player who's projected to have above uh, two wins above replacement. And um, it, simultaneously, their uh, rookie list came out from John Sickles. Uh, they're, sorry, their prospect list from John Sickles over at Minor League Ball. And it's not terrible, but it's not great. That club's in some trouble. Uh, yeah, I think the thing with the Dodgers is people are trying to figure out exactly what they're doing this offseason. Um, and 
I think you it's hard to extract their personnel moves from the fact that they're for sale. So they seem to be making a series of small moves that may or may not make sense, but are designed to make the 2012 team as palatable as possible on the field in case this uh, auction sale thing drags out for a while and the uh, potential value of the franchise could be affected by how the team is playing at the start of the season. I mean, there is a chance that, you know, we could have an in-season bidding war for the Dodgers in May or June or something, and if they've started the year, you know, 3-40, and 40, that could hurt their franchise value. So it looks like the Dodgers are making moves, like the, you know, signing Juan Rivera and Chris Cafano and Aaron Harang and Jerry Hairston and, you know, guys who are not superstars who don't cost a lot of money, but they're filling a lot of holes, uh, or at least attempting to fill a lot of holes. And it seems like uh, if they maybe had a little more franchise stability, this might not be the path they were going down. We um, uh, I also saw reports, um, I think maybe John Heyman tweeting, that the Marlins have uh, very possibly offered Albert Pujols a 10-year deal. Uh, that would seem to be the best offer. I don't necessarily know what the money is. What do you know about that? Uh, you know, I would say that um, just be, so a team might be willing to go really long on years and still not have it be the best offer. So we are under the belief that the Cardinals' last offer last March or so to Pujols was in the range of nine years and $200 million. The Marlins could have legitimately offered him 10 years to $180 million. It would be one extra year and less money. I mean, the, the Marlins, uh, as much as they're being free spenders, they don't have an unlimited supply of money, and they're also chasing, uh, you know, C.J. Wilson and Mark Burley, and um, they're in on a lot of guys, and so they can't just give Pujols $25 million a year. Uh, and so I think that they will take Albert Pujols at a reduced rate uh, in terms of yearly salary, and they might be willing to give him that 10th year in order to make it happen. Ultimately, what do you think is the contract that Pulse is going to sign in terms of uh, average annual value in years? My guess is that his agent is really interested in breaking the $200 million barrier, and uh, I think that as soon as somebody gets over $200 million, Pools will will be more likely to sign. So, you know, whether it's 9201 with the Cardinals or 10202 or something like that with the Marlins, um, I'm, my guess is still that he goes back to St. Louis, but I think it's going to take you know a dollar more than 200 million just so that they can say he got a 200 million dollar contract. Any other uh, rumors that sort of seem more than just that at this point? Uh, not too much. I mean, you know, there's a, I think there's kind of a little bit of a waiting game going on. There's a lot of teams, uh, I would say at least four or five, who are kind of sitting around trying to figure out what's going to happen with Prince Fielder, and they're not going to do anything else until Prince Fielder happens because they don't want to reallocate their their money for him to other players and then have his market crash and all of a sudden they wanted to sign Prince Fielder at what he signed for, but they don't have the money to do it. So I think you have a few teams sitting on their hands waiting for Prince Fielder's market to kind of crystallize a little bit, um, and it seems like that might not happen this week. So we might see uh, maybe a slower next few days than we would like because there are free agents like that. Um, I think the C.J. Wilson and Mark Burley signings are kind of holding up everybody else. So I think Edwin Jackson's not going to go anywhere until those guys are off the board. Uh, Roy Oswald's probably not even going to negotiate with anyone until those guys are off the board. As you know, So I think until the, the primary free agents at several positions decide to sign with new teams, we're going to see a little bit of a stag, uh, stalemate, and that's kind of where we're at at the moment. Is, a, is it terrible uh, if, you're free, uh, sorry, if you're a free agent first baseman to to become so to become a free agent the same year as Albert Pujols. Uh, yeah, I mean I think if Prince Fielder had his brothers, he would not have gone to the market the same year that Pujols at the winner, or had the, had the, had the, had the, gone to the market the same winner that Pujols at the market. Um, 
I think that in general there's two slightly different pools of teams who would be interested in those players. So I think, you know, a lot of people have tied the Mariners to Prince Fielder because Jackson Runs have drafted Prince Fielder and they have a historically bad offense and could use a guy like Prince Fielder. But the Mariners aren't interested in Albert Pools. I mean, it's, uh, you know, he's just a little too old for what they're looking for. He's right-handed and doesn't play well in safe-go field. I think that, you know, you can look at an organization like the Mariners and say they would be interested in Fielder but not Pools and the fact that Pools is on the market probably doesn't affect their uh, willingness to pay a certain price for Fielder but then there are teams like the Cubs who might see them as, um, you know, alternatives, where if I can't have one, I would take the other. And so, you know, I think in a you know, perfect scenario, Prince Fielder would have hit the market uh, in a year where both the Red Sox and Yankees needed a first baseman, and Prince Fielder wasn't a free agent, but that's not the market he got. All right, and finally, preview for the day. I mean, any, uh, any sense of what's kind of going to happen, or is it more, more of the same? There's a lot of sit around and wait. I mean, I think uh, my guess is we'll see – uh, C.J. Wilson signed today. Uh, I think that, you know, the reports were the Angels were getting pretty close last night and the, the bidding was heating up and the Marlins were still in. But I think we'll see C.J. Wilson make a decision today and that might break the logjam of pitchers um, and kind of cause some things to go into action tonight and tomorrow. Um, so I would say if I had to guess on one transaction happening today, I think C.J. Wilson's going to sign with someone today. All right. Thanks a lot, Dave Cameron. Uh, thanks for having me. That's professional baseball writer, we think, Dave Cameron. Well, I guess a professional anyway. I don't know, always act, always act professional, but uh, we, we assume you are professional. Dave Cameron, uh, I am Carson Stooley, and this has been Fangraphs Audio.